Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 232nd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, throw away to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champion. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners podcast. It's your host. It's your co-host normally, but your host for today Anthony Pagnata, and I'm riding solo here. You know what that means. It's conference tournament time, and we did it last year. We're going to have to do it at least for this edition of the podcast here as we preview tonight's game in Greensboro against the Virginia Cavaliers. The Tar Heels, of course, advancing there after an 85-61 victory over the Boston College Eagles last night. Uh, Dominant performance from the backcourt, which combined for 40 points and and a great shooting night for R.J. Davis. Uh, Caleb Love had one of his more efficient nights, 9 of 20 from the field. So uh, Carolina, a lot of positives to take away from that. Bench scoring as well uh, was outstanding, as good as it's been here for a while with 23 points off the bench. But the big storyline coming into this game on the Carolina side of things is Armando Baycott, and we will get into more on his injury and more about the matchup with the Cavaliers for the third time this season as Carolina tries to take the rubber match of the season series. But first, we have to give you our pod thought of the day, which is presented by DraftKings. And it's the one that we are going to be using here moving forward for the rest of the season. It's the one that we used last year during both the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. And it's the words that this program is built on by Dean Smith. And it's play hard, play smart, and play together. And Carolina did all three things, uh, all three of those things against Boston College. They were, you know, from the word go, a team that looked locked in. I mean, they let up two threes early in the game, but Carolina responded, and once they took the lead, they never looked back, and that was what you really wanted to see. Uh, A lot of people said, look, Carolina can't really help themselves in this game, Um, and I do believe that to be true, but at the same time, 
I think it was it, it was a big boost to the confidence for Carolina to be able to come out and beat a Boston College team that uh, I think we, you know, here on the podcast, we thought was a dangerous team because of the way that we had seen them play some really good ACC teams so far this year. And a lot of people nationally thought that could be a tricky game for Carolina, especially when it was announced that Quentin Post was going to play in the game. Now, he, of course, did not start. Carolina held him in check, but uh, Carolina did all the things that they had to do in this game. Uh, they play, you know, played very smart with the basketball. You could see uh, the assist-to-turnover ratio for Carolina, 16 assists on 34 made baskets, just seven turnovers in the game, and they played together. It looked like a team that was in rhythm. Uh, you could tell you know, at the end of the game, you see the guys jumping up and down on the bench. That's the most joy that we've really seen from this team probably the entire season. And that's really saying something. You would think for a preseason number one team, there would have been other moments like that, but it's just never happened. That was the most excitement that you have seen from these guys since their run to the to the tournament final last year. So I think you wonder about the – I've talked about it so many times, the mindset of this team, and coming off of that performance – you, fe- you have to feel like they're in a pretty solid spot. Now, they're taking on a Virginia team that enters with a 23-6 and record. They are the number two seed overall in the ACC tournament. They finished tied for the ACC regular season championship, but they did get the number two seed due to tiebreakers with Miami uh, and others. Reese Beekman was named the ACC defensive player of the year. So Carolina is going to be facing one of the best uh, defensive players in the conference. It's actually going to be really two of the best defensive players in the conference in Beekman and Leaky Black going head-to-head. Virginia, believe it or not, still ranked 30th in the net. They are holding on to that spot. I thought for sure they would drop after beating Louisville um, because you know we, we have seen some teams that have won games and dropped before. But for Carolina, uh, this is easily a quad one opportunity on the table for them with it being a neutral site game. The thing is, you have to wonder if Carolina wins this game, does that drop Virginia from 30th in the net? You'd have to imagine it would because Carolina is behind them. It could take away one of their quad one wins. So it's a, it's a very odd uh, game that Carolina is going to play in terms of what it would do for their resume, but it's it's just about winning at this point. You know, there there are people all over the board. There are some people that think if they win tonight, then they're in. There's some people that think that if they beat either State or Clemson, then they're in. And there's other people like Joe Lenardi, the bracket expert, as many would say. At this point, I'm starting to question it myself, considering he released a bracket earlier today where he had Texas A&M in there twice, an automatic qualifier out of the Colonial Athletic Conference, the College of Charleston, not in the field. So, yeah, I don't know how much you put, how much stock you put into what he's saying at this point, but he believes Carolina has to run the table and get in. And for Carolina, that's the smartest way to go about things. When it comes to Virginia, though, three players currently averaging double-figure scoring right now. Armand Franklin leads the way at 12.6 points per game, also 4.2 rebounds per game, shooting 43% from the field and 39% from deep. Jaden Gardner, 11.8 points per game, 
5.5 rebounds per game and shooting 52% from the field. You could argue at times he has been their biggest offensive threat. And then there is the guy that, believe it or not, I think he has done after this season. It feels like he has been here since before Tony Bennett was here. Kihei Clark, 11.1 points per game. 5.7 assists per game. He's shooting 41% from the field and 37% from beyond the arc. This is one of the best teams in the uh, country uh, in terms of defensive points per game allowed. You would expect that with how good this team has been defensively this year. Really no different um, and still play a real slow pace. They are allowing just 60.5 points per game. Uh, so this is this is you know a, a, a going to be a tough matchup for Carolina. There's no way around that. But look, Carolina has split the season series against them. The first game, of course, was in uh, Charlottesville, a place where Carolina has not won in a very very long time. And unfortunately for Carolina, that was not able to change. Now the thing that's a little scary about that game is that we saw Armando Baycott exit that game after just one minute. Carolina still had a chance to win that game, uh, falling short, sixty-five to fifty-eight. But with Armando Baycott now currently banged up, you wonder. Could a similar situation be on the table? Now, if you go back to that game, you'll remember that at that time, they did not have Pete Nance in that first matchup. Um, So Seth Trimble started. They ran with the three-guard lineup. Uh, It was just not a a great all-around game for Carolina on the offensive end of the floor. Shot just 39% in that game. And a big part of why they lost was uh, they they, they finished a tied on the glass with a Virginia team that is undersized. And the other big thing, Ben Vanderplas coming off the bench, scored 17 points in 27 minutes, hit three huge threes from the outside. Uh, Isaac McNeely also three big threes in that game for Virginia. And that was really the difference as Virginia pulled away in that second half. Then you go to the second matchup between these two. Carolina in their home gym against Virginia, a must-have game at that time, and Carolina came away with the victory 71-63. A lot of people will remember that was really the start of a really successful stretch for Pete Nance. That was the Lemon Oreos game where he scored 22 points on 7 of 10 from the field. Uh, and hit four threes for Carolina to lead the way. Carolina in that game, 10 three-pointers. They shot uh, 47% from the field, and on the glass, they out-rebounded Virginia 37-32. So for Carolina, I think you're wanting to repeat the recipe that you had in that second game, and that recipe was a quick start. That was something that Carolina was able uh, to race out to. They were up by 16 at halftime. Of course, Virginia would make a push, made it a little bit of a nail-biter late uh, due to some missed free throws, but Carolina was able to hold on, and Carolina, I think, has to have a similar recipe coming into this game. When it comes to Carolina, they enter with a 20-12 and record on the season. Uh, of course, advanced. Uh, last night uh, over Boston College in the second round uh, with a comfortable 24-point win. 
They have won at least 20 games for the for the 63rd time in program history and have done so now back-to-back years under Hubert Davis. Uh, Carolina, 44th in the net at this point. So uh, for Virginia, also a quad one opportunity for them. Two quad one teams going head-to-head. But Carolina is still kind of hanging around in that tournament area when it comes to their net ranking. And currently, Carolina with four players averaging double-figure scoring. Caleb Love with 16.8 points per game. 3.8 rebounds per game, 2.8 assists per game, shooting 38% from the field and 30% from beyond the arc. Armando Baycott, the second-leading scorer, at 16.3 points per game, 10.7 rebounds per game, 1.5 assists per game, and he is shooting 56%. Uh, You have R.J. Davis at 15.9 points per game, 5.1 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists per game, shooting 43% overall, 36% from beyond the arc. So those numbers starting to come back up a little bit here after the finger injury that slowed him down in the middle of the season. And Pete Nance, 10.1 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, 1.6 assists per game, shooting 43% overall and 33% from beyond the arc. When you look at this, you know, this game, I think the biggest thing coming in now, all the storylines about where Carolina is on the bubble, the fact that the team split the regular season series, all that's, you know, something that everybody is going to be looking at that they're going to be talking about uh, before the game in the studios and, you know, at halftime of some of the other games earlier in the day. The biggest thing here, though, for Carolina is what is the status of Armando Baycott? Uh, He left the game in the first half yesterday, a scary moment uh, when Ross Martin reported that uh, trainer uh, Doug, uh, or actually Eric Hoots, uh, came out of the locker room, went up into the stands and grabbed his parents, took them down into the locker room. That was a moment where I think we all kind of thought to ourselves, this is not good. There is you know, something to be concerned about here. But he came back out. He played five minutes in the second half. Carolina didn't need him after that point. So Hubert Davis said, look, I just wanted to rest him, make sure uh, that that thing didn't swell up. So that's the, you know, it looks like the goal is for him to play. The good news with Armando is, look, ankle injuries are nothing new. Josh Graham actually posted a video last night of Leaky Black in the locker room talking to some media along with himself. Uh, Josh Graham, of course, a WSJS. He's been on uh, here a couple of times on this uh, on the Four Corners podcast with Josh. He, he took a video of Leakey talking about a time where Armando rolled his ankle in practice, even worse than what it was last night, um, and still was able to get out there and play after that. So when it comes to ankle injuries, this is not something that Armando is unfamiliar with at this point. Uh, this has kind of just been the name of the game for Armando really uh, since 2021. Remember, he rolled his ankle back in 2021 in a game against Ohio State, um, which actually had him in question for a game against Virginia. And he found a way to play in that game, and it's extended you know, throughout his career here. Uh, it started cropping back up last year, of course, in the national title game when he rolled uh, that ankle. And since then, you know, this season we've seen multiple times where he has rolled different ankles. Um, this one was the one that he rolled the second time 
later in the season, uh, the same one that he actually rolled in the first game against Virginia. So uh, that that's the thing that everybody is going to be monitoring when it comes to this game is what is the status of Armando Baycott. If he doesn't play, though, it's going to be a lot different than the first time. As I mentioned in the first game, one of the biggest things about that first game was that they did not have Pete Nance available for that game. I believe, if I remember correctly, I know he set out a couple of games. I believe that was the one that he warmed up beforehand, and they were going to make the decision based off of that and chose not to play him. Well, Pete Nance, the one area where Pete Nance has really started to shine, he's shooting it a little bit better from beyond the arc, but the biggest area where he has taken a step forward so far has been with his post game. I think that's an area where he thrived at Northwestern. He was used to playing that spot, having to become more of a stretch four and try to fill the shoes and the role of Brady Manick. I think maybe took him away from what was his strength at times at Northwestern, which was playing back to the basket, um, hitting those tough turnaround jumpers. And you've started to see a guy that's, one, become more physical inside. He's been rebounding a lot better here as of late. And two, he has done a tremendous job of protecting the rim. We saw four blocks for him uh, the other night uh, or last night against Boston College and that's the second time this year that Pete Nance has finished a game with four blocks all coming down the stretch of the season so for Carolina I know clearly you want to have Armando Baycott out there there is no question about that but if he can't go in this game um, I think he will I don't think that's really a concern I think more of the concern uh, is about his how much will he be able to play how much can uh, he be able to sustain because there are going to be doubles you wonder how well he's going to move out of those doubles you know it does Carolina have to rotate a little bit more down there and give Armando a little bit less playing time uh while you know while he tries to manage this injury at least you know until they can get through the ACC tournament, and if they play in the NCAA tournament, if they make it there, uh, that would be you know this time before then where he would be able to potentially rest. Although, depending on if they win the ACC tournament or not, they could have to turn around and play in Dayton. So uh, their hope, you know, I will probably be to put Pete Nance there at the five a little bit. I mean, heck, against Florida State, where Armando really struggled, that was Carolina's best lineup for a, a majority of that game. So you would expect to see that. And it's boosted even more by the fact that you are able to play Dontrez Styles now. I think that's the other guy that will see more playing time because of this. Yeah, Puff Johnson has been seeing a little more playing time. He's done some good things. But uh, Dontrez Styles here, since he came in into the game against Florida State, he has looked really, really good on both ends of the floor in the limited time he's been out there. I'm not saying that he should be a guy that you're playing 20, 25 minutes out there, but where he's at right now in that 12 to 15-minute range, I think that fits him perfectly, and I think there's reasons to be confident that the combination of Nance at the 5 and him playing a little bit more could help you out in this game if Armando isn't 100% and can't play the normal time that he is used to playing. So that's going to be the biggest thing that we are going to be watching. When we come back here on this edition of the Four Corners Podcast, it's time for me to give you the keys to the game. How does Carolina find a way to advance in the NCAA tournament and move on? 
to the semifinals against either Clemson or NC State. I'll tell you how they do that on this edition of the Four Corners Podcast, back right after this message from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We hope you guys are taking great advantage of all the great offers that Josh has been giving you here on the basketball side of things that I've been giving you over there on the football side of things. Guys, let's talk about the keys to a win for Carolina here in the quarterfinal matchup in Greensboro. And number one, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, and we'll dive even further into it here right now. It's the fast start. Carolina has to get off to a strong start. They did in that second matchup against Virginia. As I mentioned, they were up 16 at halftime. That was one of their best shooting halves of the entire season. You go back to last night against Boston College, very similar type feel to that first half where Carolina shot the ball tremendously. There was one difference in that game last night against Boston College. What we've seen a lot from Carolina this year when they've gotten off to fast starts is their second halves haven't been nearly as strong. Well, that wasn't the case against Boston College. Now the question, though, is is, is does that carry over? Can this team shoot well for 40 minutes again? And I, I think this, you know, if they can come out and knock down a couple of shots early from the perimeter, I think that will go a long way. But it all starts with getting the ball inside. Make sure that you are getting those looks at the rim because, one, this is a team that you've seen it really – you know, in, in, you saw it in that second matchup, and you probably would have seen it in that first matchup if Armando Baycott doesn't leave the game early. This is not a team that matches up well with Carolina's size. Uh, Virginia is not a team that has some of the bigs that they've had in the past. Uh, their guys are not great rebounders, um, and that's that's one of the things that Carolina should be looking to attack in this game. Um, you know, they come in to this game. Virginia does ranked 313th in the country in rebounding with just 32 rebounds per game. Uh, opponents against them, meanwhile, um, you know, ha- haven't ripped down a ton of rebounds, but they do have uh, 7.9 offensive rebounds against them. So Carolina, that's an area they got to take advantage of. They have to get on the offensive glass uh, in this game. And that's the second key to the game. 
It's how do you rebound in this game against Virginia? Because, again, an undersized team, a team that likes to play small. And in that first matchup with Armando off the floor, they ended up finishing even with Carolina on the glass. The second time around, Carolina plus five on the glass. I would like to see it maybe even be a little bit of a bigger margin at the end of tonight's game. I thought, you know, in last night's game against Boston College, if Carolina doesn't lose Armando Baycott um, to that injury, Carolina may have doubled that team up on the glass. Uh, They were just absolutely dominating them. The amount of offensive rebounds that the team was ripping down uh, was, you know, something that we have not really seen all year from Carolina uh, and looked a little bit more like what we're used to seeing from Carolina on the glass. So uh, hopefully, you know, that's what kind of wakes this, you know, something has awoken within this team, and this is going to be a team that can take over some games on the boards, and this is one of those games that they have to be able to do that. If they are able to out-rebound this Virginia team, it's going to be tough because Virginia, you know, second chance points were a big part of why they were able uh, to win that first game against Carolina. So I think that's, you know, for Carolina, the main focus uh, when it comes to the defensive end of the floor is going to be taking away the three point line, but also uh, rebounding and pulling down at least the timely rebounds when they need them. That was another big issue. One of those games where it cropped up uh, against Virginia in the first matchup. Uh, the other one, one of the other big things in this game, ball movement and shot selection. Um, Carolina, I thought against Boston College, that may have been one of their best games of the entire season. And considering they shot 55% from the field, it's pretty safe to say it may have been the best. Um, And it was because of the way that Carolina was moving the basketball. It never stuck. Uh, Guys were moving without the basketball, which we have seen moments where that doesn't happen. Carolina's offense has become very ISO uh, heavy and has become stagnant. Can't happen in this game. I know this is a really good defensive team, but Carolina has to move the ball um, and 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 find those open shooters, and that's where the shot selection comes in. You have to be able to find those open looks from the outside. I thought last night they did a really good job of that. You saw them take shots that were there, not forcing stuff. Uh, you know, outside of a couple of shots in that first half from Caleb Love. But I think that's, you know, we know that's part of his game at this point. It's just something that, unfortunately, we have to accept. But other than that, I thought Carolina really was smart with the shots that they were shooting. And and it was probably, um, you know, Josh said it when we were recapping the game against Boston College late last night. This is this is probably, that, that was probably as, as smart of a game as Carolina has played um, in terms of their shot selection all season. It, it definitely ranks up there if it's not the top um, because there was never really a time where you were that frustrated with the shots that Carolina was throwing up there. Um, they, they did a good job of just taking what Boston College gave to them, and that's what you got to do against a team that's as good as Virginia is on the defensive end of the floor. They did it in the, fir- in, in the second matchup. Now can they do it uh, when you know their season is on the line here in Greensboro? The last key to the game, as it always is when we talk about a game against Virginia, it is turnovers. Carolina has to be able to take care of the basketball because, again, Virginia, the pace that they play with, how good they are defensively to begin with, if you turn the ball over against them, 
it can be a long, long night. They're a team also that doesn't turn the ball over a lot at all. They had three turnovers in the second matchup. Carolina, on the other hand, had 11. So, Carolina, you want to see them clean clean up those turnovers even a little bit more because there's no guarantee that you are going to be anywhere uh, near where uh, you were in that game in terms of uh, of your lead um, in the first half or even for the majority of the second half. So you got to be smart. Um, Virginia, 100 or forces 12.4 turnovers per game, which is middle of the country, believe it or not. But um, that's still a, a really good number. And as I mentioned, when it comes to them turning the ball over, they are dead or they are number one in the country in terms of turnovers uh, on the offensive end of the floor. They have turned it over just 8.6 times per game so far this season. So they want to shorten the game. Um, they take you know just 53 shots per game, which is uh, 334th in the country. So now you know one of the slower paced teams in the entire country. Maybe not even as slow as they've been in years past, but still they will bog you down. Um, and and if you give them extra opportunities it will only hurt you and you'll need to be even more efficient that's not what Carolina needs to be battling with in this game all right so let's head over to ESPN.com and take a look the ESPN matchup predictor gives Virginia a 55.5 percent chance to win this game Carolina at 44.5 percent chance uh, to win it not too bad there Uh, I think I think Carolina gets it done I just I love the way that Carolina matches up with this team. Uh, as I mentioned, this is a team that plays extremely small on the inside. They're a team that's still struggling offensively. Uh, we talked about it in in the first uh, two games. Didn't really talk about it much here in this one, but a team that scores just sixty eight point two points per game, which is two hundred and seventy fifth in the entire country. So. This, this is a matchup that fits Carolina well. I think if they can get back to that 70-point threshold in this game, they'll they'll have a really good shot to win this. And I think what helps Carolina in this matchup is that you're coming off of the performance that you had last night. You don't have a break in between games, and that may actually help this team, which really just needs as much confidence as it can possibly get. It feels like that's been the biggest issue for Carolina. The best thing about, you know... Carolina building confidence or the best thing about these tournaments when it comes to building confidence is it's pretty easy because you don't have time to really think through things because you're playing so quickly. Carolina will play this game uh, just 22 hours after finishing up their win over Boston College. So Carolina doesn't have enough, uh, you know, much time to really focus on the things that they need to be doing, focusing on the fact that they're on the bubble. They just have to get focused on playing this next opponent. And so I think that works out really well for Carolina in this game. I think the offensive struggles for Virginia and the way that Carolina has been playing defensively, they have been outstanding on the defensive end of the floor here down the stretch of the season. Uh, they you know they finished the regular season second in the ACC in defensive efficiency. So Carolina is doing the things that they have to do on that end of the floor. Ultimately, it comes back to can you knock down shots? I don't think that Carolina uh, will be as as good as they were in the game against Boston College. But I think Carolina is going to take some smart the, the smart shots that they need to in this game. I think having Pete Nance in this one, Armando Baycott at least being 
able to play, which I think is going to be the case, will help Carolina. Uh, it won't you know, lead to w- what we saw in that first matchup between the two. I think it'll look somewhat similar to that second matchup in terms of the final score. You may not get there the same way, but I think Carolina finds a way to pull out the victory. Well, regardless of what happens in this game, we will have you covered on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Josh is going to have the recap for you. You can check out the preview up there on the website right now if you want to read about the matchup with the Cavaliers. Uh, and if Carolina does advance on, we will have you covered uh, with their semifinal matchup against either Clemson or NC State here on both the podcast side of things. And then Josh will have you covered with the articles. However far Carolina goes, If they make it to the postseason, whether it's the NCAA tournament, if they choose to go to the NIT tournament, uh, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, whatever it is, uh, we will have you covered on the website uh, with that. Transfer portal will be opening soon as well, so there could be uh, some guys that will be uh, transferring out of the program. It's always a possibility in the new era of college sports, so we'll have you covered with all of that stuff as well on the website on the football side of things spring practice underway carolina uh off to uh today is actually uh their third and final practice before they are off for spring break so uh, they close the first three days today pads will go on for carolina so uh, we have you covered on the website with all of the spring camp storylines uh whenever mac brown speaks we're going to also try to do the coordinators when we have time We have that up there for you. We have uh, two hires for Carolina, uh, two analyst hires, one on the defensive side of the football and one on special teams uh, that Carolina has brought in this week. So there's articles up on the website about that. Make sure you check those out too. And also, this will end up being for both podcasts eventually, but we do have the video editions of the football podcast coming back. So keep an eye on those. If you're uh, if you're on the Facebook page, uh, my personal Twitter page is what is connected to. Uh, so make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for those. And also, the area that we really want you guys to go to, make sure you go to our YouTube page, uh, Heel Tough Blog on YouTube. Search Heel Tough Blog and find the account and subscribe to it. That will be where you can watch all the additions. We're going to do some live. I did one the other night live, and we're going to do other ones uh, that will be uh, taped and will be put up uh, later on. So you, the only the best place to get that is that YouTube page. And eventually, uh, it won't be this year. It'll probably be uh, as we go into next season with Tario Basketball. We will be getting uh, into the video side of things on the basketball uh, in, in, when it comes to basketball as well. So make sure that you guys uh, are subscribing to that YouTube page. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, the Four Corners Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any of those spots, you will find the he- the uh, Four Corners Podcast. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than